Welcome to the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. We're getting ready to have an old-fashioned line-on-line, precept-on-precept study of God's Word to search out those deeper truths and gain a greater understanding of the Bible. We would love for you to join us today as we dig in and learn what it is God would truly have us to know from the letter that He wrote to us. Hello and God bless you. Welcome into the study today. We're very glad to have you. We're going to be picking it up in Revelation chapter 12 in just a moment. Now, in our last study, we covered quite a bit. We studied on who the two witnesses are, uh, those sons of oil, as we learned, and what it is that they'll be doing, along with, we we touched a little bit on the Rapha, or the the Raphium, those 7,000 that are basically Satan's right-hand men that die immediately at the seventh trump. Now, they're not named. Satan's the only entity named in the Word of God that is judged to die already. But these 7,000 are not named, but they too are judged to die because they did not follow God's will, which was to be born in the flesh. As it says in, in John chapter 3, to be born again should be translated to be born from above, to be born in the flesh, innocent, leaving it up to us to decide whether we're going to love God or follow Satan. Now, these Rapha, they went around that, and they decided they would just come in Genesis chapter 6 in their spiritual bodies, or their basically kind of a transfigured type body. They would go around being born of woman and just come straight into this dimension, which is where the Nephilim or the giants came from, the whole reason for the flood of Noah. And Christ warned us, it will be just as it is in the days of Noah. They will be back. So with that being said, we're going to pick it up in chapter 12, verse 1. Now, one thing to understand about chapter 12, this covers the first earth age, this second earth age that we're in now, and even gets into the third just a touch. So it covers more time in this one chapter than any other chapter in the Bible. With that being said, let's go ahead and get right into it. Revelation chapter 12, verse 1, we ask for clarity and understanding from our Father in Jesus' name. And verse 1 reads, And there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. Now this is the first earth age. This is that time of paradise when everything is perfect. When God first created everything, meaning the the souls and and everything. Verse 2, And she being with child travailed in birth and pain to be delivered. Now this pain to be delivered is this age, that time during Satan's rebellion, when the catabol happened and this, this travailing, these birth pains of this new age coming to be about. Verse 3, And there appeared another wonder in heaven, and behold, a great red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his heads. Now, this naturally would be Satan during his rebellion. It's showing that he was trying to have dominion. He was trying to rise up against God and wasn't, wasn't just trying. He was rising up against God. Verse 4. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. 
And the dragon stood before the woman, which was ready to be delivered, for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, we're in the second age now. And I want you to think, what, what woman was Satan immediately in front of to make sure that this would not come to pass, that this lineage of Christ would not come to pass? He was in the Garden of Eden tempting Eve that he might come in and destroy that seed line, cause it to become unpure to where the purity of that line could not be passed to Christ. God intervened and didn't allow that to happen. Now, while we're here talking about the first age and that time of Satan's rebellion, let's move back to Ezekiel chapter 28 right quick. Ezekiel 28, Ezekiel chapter 28, talks about Satan before and after his fall. And we're going to pick it up in verse 12. Now, this is before the catabomb, before this second age, this flesh age, was brought about. And verse 12 reads, Son of man, take up a lamentation against the king of Tyrus, and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Thou sealest up the sum full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. Now this is Satan he's talking about, Lucifer at this time. Full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. Verse 13. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covering. The sardis stone, the topaz, and the diamond, the beryl, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tabrets, and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. Basically, what, what, what God's saying is, I broke the mold with you. You were perfect. You were completely wise. You were completely beautiful. Everything about you was perfect. Verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherubim, cherub that covereth. I have set thee so. What happened? God set him to cover the mercy seat, to cover the throne, that he might protect it. Protect it from what? Obviously, it needed protection. God knew that. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. This walking up and down kind of means he's stirring a little trouble here. He's going out and coming in and you know, kind of going out and thinking to himself, you know, I could run this place. I could do this. Verse 15. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day thou was created. Now, it's very important that you understand till the day that he was created. We were all created. By who? By God. God created this one and gave him the free will. He was perfect. And full of wisdom, full of beauty, and he was protecting God's throne. Then what happened? Till iniquity was found in thee. He just, his head swole up a little much. He thought he might be wiser than God. He thought possibly, hey, I'm better than this. I can run this place. He forgot he was created. He forgot he was messing with the creator. Verse 16. By the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence, and thou hast sinned. Now, this merchandise, it 
plays on the going up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. And what it's talking about is basically going about in a slandering way. He was going out basically rebel rousing. He's trying to get a crowd behind him to overthrow God. Continuing on in verse 16. Therefore, I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering, covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. Now, right there, that's the only entity named that is judged to death before the great white throne judgment. And that is Lucifer, Satan, the son of perdition. We'll continue on just a couple of verses. Verse 17. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Now, this brightness, this is basically the, the root of the word for serpent in the garden. That word serpent being nakash in the Hebrew, meaning the shining one or the glistening one, the, the bright one. I will cast thee to the ground, and I will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee. Now, right there, it shows you that he lifted himself up, and God ended that age. It's the catabole. And we go over that real good in the Genesis chapter 1 study, over how God went about doing that. Now then, let's move back over to Revelation chapter 12. Just wanted to, to show you that right there. That's what was going on during the first earth age. Everything was perfect. Satan had, or Lucifer at the time had been elevated to basically top guard. You know, if you were to look at it in America, you know, he'd be secret service. He was protecting the throne of God. And in his perfect wisdom, pride crept in and he decided I should take care of this. I should be the one over this. And this third part of the stars of heaven were those that he convinced to follow him. And he drew them with him whenever he was cast down spiritually. All right, verse 5, back here in Revelation chapter 12. And she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with the rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. Now we fast forwarded here. We went from the Garden of Eden to Christ himself. This man child was born. So why was he caught up to God and to his throne? He was crucified and ascended. Verse six. And the woman fled into the wilderness where she hath a place prepared of God that, thou should, that they should feed her. There, a thousand, two hundred, and threescore days. Now, here we go again. This thousand, two hundred, and sixty days. And this, this woman at this point, being the elect, or, or the mother of Israel, you could say. And it's those who are not fallen for Satan, but who are God's anointed, that have the seals in their forehead, that have the seals in their minds, and are protected against the ways of this world. Verse 7, And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. So at this point, that, that's this time frame, 
that's in this earth age, this eon of time, they're in this flesh. They're warring right now. Verse 8, and prevailed not, neither what that we got that. Verse 9, and the dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And what'd that just say? He's not held in chains. He's cast out. Not only that, and his angels were cast out with him. That's that 7,000, that Rapha that we read of in chapter 11, that come here to deceive the world. Just as God has his 7,000 elect, which are mentioned in Kings, Satan also, he's the great deceiver. He tries to copy everything. So he's got his 7,000 that are going to come as his elect, basically. Excuse me. Verse 10. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. You want to know what Satan's doing right now? He's up there just solid accusing. Anytime anybody messes up, oh, hey, just like he did with Job. Hey, did you see your boy over there? Hey, hey, did you see your daughter? Oh, they're slipping. Oh, you better, oh, I wouldn't look right now. They're doing this or they're doing that. The good thing is we have forgiveness. You see, he's not about that. All he wants to do is punish. God forgives. Verse 11, And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto death. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14 tells us that death is Satan. This don't mean they love not their lives to a physical death. It means they didn't give up their those seals in their mind so that they might get a little of this prosperity that's going to come along whenever he shows back up on the scene. They didn't care about that. They cared more about God. <clears throat> Verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. There's the sixth trump right there. He is here, not in the flesh, but he is here because he's never going to be born of the flesh. But he is here basically in person. Verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child. Those who have the seal of God in their head, those who believe upon God, he's coming to persecute. And it sounds really bad. <coughs> Excuse me. But physically, it's not going to be bad because he comes peacefully and prosperously. This is on a spiritual level where this hits. Verse 14, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nursed for a time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. 
That's that half of that seven years. It would be three and a half years if you half seven. But as we learned in Revelation chapter nine, that time has been shortened to five months. So you can look at it as two and a half months, that half of that time. Verse 15, and the serpent cast out of his mouth water as a flood after the woman that he might cause her to be carried away of the flood. Now, what comes out of your mouth? It's words. So if he cast out of his mouth water as a flood and we know that that Satan is the accuser and the father of lies, what's he doing here? He's flooding the earth with lies, trying to cause those with the seal of God in their head to be carried away by those lies and to become apostates, to start to believe his doctrine, to receive his mark in their forehead. This is not a true flood, but a flood of lies. And as Christ said, it would be in the days of Noah. What did Noah have? Noah had an ark. He didn't escape the flood. He went through the flood. Our ark is this word. These seals that are in this word are what protect us from this flood. That we might understand them and know what is coming before it ever happens. And you see, even when Noah boarded the ark before the floods came, God sealed him in that ark. Just as he will seal your mind and shut those doors that need to be shut, that they might not open so that you won't believe these lies that are coming in this flood. And if you look around, the flood is here. There's so many lies in the world that those waters are rising quickly. Verse 16, And the earth helped the woman, and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed up the flood, which the dragon cast out of his mouth. Basically, you could say nature. God's nature supplied and protected, just as in the wilderness when they were walking for 40 years after they come out of Egypt. For 40 years, the wilderness, nature supplied. First it was with manna, then the quail, then the water from the rock. God supplied them everything, even protection. Verse 17, And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed. That being the elect, that being whenever the elect are delivered up to give that testimony, to allow the Holy Spirit to speak through them, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. Now, what testimony? What testimony is important here? The testimony of Jesus Christ. That's what's important. You want these seals. You want to understand what's happened, what's going to happen. Because, you know, even in the historical books, the Kings and and Chronicles, we see there that God teaches through repetition. And to understand what happened then, just like in reading Ezekiel, where the Assyrian would come in. The Assyrian is another name for Satan, for the Antichrist. And just as he would come in, the Antichrist also is going to show up on this scene and to begin to 
deceive everybody and take captive spiritually the whole world except the remnant of the seed, those who have the seals of God in their head. All right, chapter 13, verse 1. And I stood upon the sand of the sea and saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having seven heads and ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. Now, when you see something like this, this just sounds like it's straight out of some kind of fiction novel beast, understand this is usually a system, or this is a system. God don't create beasts with all these heads and, and horns and all this. This is a system. The seven heads and the ten horns, that would be, if you look at the world, we've got seven continents. This is a world system. All right, verse 10. And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, this one world system that's put in place, that's got all this authority and all this power to govern the world, who gave it its power? The dragon, Satan. Verse 3, And I saw one of his heads as it were wounded to death, and his deadly wound was healed, and all the world wondered after the beast. Just as this system was about to be formed, something happened and crippled it. Because it couldn't, you know, man just can't get it done. There, somebody threw a wrench in the cogs. But what happened? The dragon heals it. He causes it to come to pass, to come in peacefully and prosperously. Verse 4, And they worshiped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshiped the beast, saying, Who is likened to the beast? Who is able to make war with him? If the whole world is under this government or under this system here, this beast system, and the whole world is at peace and everybody's being prosperous, why would they have war? You don't make war with yourself if everybody's peaceful and prosperous. Verse 5, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. There we are with months again. Moons, lunar, being of Satan. And he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God, to blaspheme his name and his tabernacle, and them that dwell in heaven. Now what would these blasphemies be? Well, what are you waiting on? I'm here. I'm Christ. I've come back to give you, to, to save you. All you got to do is just worship me. And he's in the tabernacle. He's in the churches. He's everywhere. And everybody's worshiping him because they believe that he is the true Christ. They've just jumped the gun a little bit. One trump too early. Verse 7. And it was given unto him to make war with the saints and to overthrow them. And power was given, unto, uh, was given him over all kindreds and tongues and nations. Now how is he going to overthrow the saints? With that flood of lies. He's going to do his best to come out just looking like, oh, just a pretty boy. Just, oh, he did it. He's the Savior. 
And then these saints, he's going to try to make them look like they're crazy, like they're Satanists. The thing is, they understand. They know what's going on. Verse 8. And all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him whose names are not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. Now that verse has a lot in it. Whose names were not written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. That meaning the elect. So they're going to worship him because the the, the world is. Now, those who have been sealed from the foundation of the world, that means those who stood against Satan in that first earth age, those that warred against him, that stood for God, they were sealed at that point. And it is their duty in this earth age to stand before Satan again. And the reason for that is because God knows that they will stand because they've done it before. And they'll do it again. Verse 9. If any man have an ear, let him hear. He that leadeth into captivity shall go into captivity. And he that killeth with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. Now, if Satan, naturally, we know that he's going to be held in chains... For a thousand years, he's going to be in captivity. So what this is saying right here is that Satan is leading all these people into captivity, but he also will be going into captivity at that seventh trump. And he's slaying all these people with the flood of lies, with the false sword, the sword being the word of God. But his is that false word of God claiming that he is God. And at that point, he will be killed by this word. And the word spoken by God at the end of that short time that he is loosed after the millennium. That word which we see in Ezekiel chapter 28 that says that he will turn to ashes from within. All right, verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb. And, oh, man. Two horns like a lamb. That sounds, that sounds like the lamb slain. But what does it say? And he spake as a dragon. This is the Antichrist right here showing up. He's trying to do everything he can to imitate Christ. But if you listen, you'll hear who is truly talking. Verse 12. And he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and calls the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. He's saying, oh, put everything into this system. This is just one world peace. Everybody be happy, be merry, be prosperous. Worship me. Worship the beast. It's okay. We come to fly you out of here. Verse 13, and he go and he doeth great wonders so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. He can snap and lightning's going to show up. Now, <clears throat> if you look around, just look how crazy people get over celebrities these days. 
they stampede each other just to get closer to a stage where they're not ever going to meet the person, but they just do anything they can to get up close to them. And this is mortals, mortal celebrities. What's going to happen when this one comes up, snaps his fingers and lightning goes to popping all around the place, and he's doing these miracles. The whole world's just going to fall in right after him. Verse 14, And deceive them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles, which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, that they should make an image to the beast, which had the wound by a sword and did live. And he had the power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause that as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. All right. Now let's talk about this image for a minute. We're talking, this revelation was given to John around 90 AD. If we think now of a system that would be an image that could talk and could move, what would that be? You give an image to this beast, you put him on the TV everywhere. That's all we're going to show is this system. So that anytime anybody wakes up, all they see is the beast system and how great it's doing and how wonderful it's doing. And those that don't worship it, they should be killed. I mean, we're going we're gonna to figure out some way to spiritually kill them. Gonna have to sit, we're going to have to flood them out. Verse 16, And he calls all, both, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now, this confuses a lot of people. This mark is not a tattoo. It's not a microchip. It's not a shot. It's the same but opposite mark as what you receive from God. You see, God, as we went through the seals, we studied in Ezekiel, that God sent out his angel to put the mark on the foreheads of those who follow him. What's in your forehead? It's your mind. This is the imitation of that, just as the Antichrist is the great imitator. He's imitating God, but he's putting his mark in their forehead, his doctrine, and they become impregnated with it and believe it. And they believe it so much that they put it in their right hand that they do the work with. They're nursing this system along. They're causing, they're delivering up their mother, brother, father, and sister to him, doing his work, trying to convince them that the flood of lies is actually the truth. Verse 18, here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is six hundred threescore and six. 666, and a lot of people get all bent out of shape about this, and, oh, you know, we can't, we can't see that number anywhere. What is that? 666. Six, six. We've covered it a lot. The sixth trump, the sixth seal, and the sixth vial. At each of those, you see the occurrence of the arrival of the Antichrist. We'll pick it up in chapter 14 in the next study. 
there was a lot of information in this study, but what God is trying to get across here is this is what's going to happen. But as it says in Daniel, everything comes in, the Antichrist comes in completely, peacefully, and prosperously. It's not going to be wars of bullets and swords and famines for bread or thirst of water, but for the truth of God and spiritual war. God bless y'all. You have a great day. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Humans Under Grace Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions that you'd like answered on the podcast, you can write to us at Humans Under Grace, P.O. Box 1467, Tatum, Texas, 75691, or you can email us at questions at humansundergrace.com. Thank you, and God bless you.